Are you suffering from poor decision-making skills, lack of self-confidence and self-esteem? Do you have impeded development of social, emotional, and sexual skills? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Rachel, and you might be suffering from religious trauma. I left evangelicalism and started a podcast. I talk about my experience with purity culture, why I left, and the journey afterwards. I'm happy you're here. Come along for the ride. Cheers to leaving. Hello. I'm back. It's been a minute. Uh, yeah, crazy. So, Thanks for hanging in there with me. Um, I know it's been kind of weird. Um, yeah, I'm basically, uh, deconstructing is hard. It's really fucking hard. Um, I've been going in and out of just like, should I continue this podcast? And does anyone even listen? Does anyone care? Um... I know this sounds super emo, but you know, I, I was emo once upon a time, so it fits. It fits the bill. Um, but also I just like reached out to guests because I was like, well, I mean, it's not as interesting if I'm just talking into my microphone each time I have an episode. And I really want to do this podcast with a co-host. And so after Christina left, I kind of just sort of felt weird about continuing it without her or without a new co-host. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at, but I still feel like I need to put stuff out there because, uh, because I do, I don't know. I, I, I get messages on, on Instagram of people being like, I love your podcast and you know, um, I love listening and all that stuff and that that definitely keeps me going so I appreciate that um but yeah it's it's been a weird uh past month or so I uh, got in a car accident totaled my car um and just overall like busy shit happening um so I need to get better at you know, having episodes to back it up, but you know, it is hard to find content that I feel like you people want to hear. So, um, that being said, I am going to release a bonus episode this Thursday, maybe Friday. I haven't decided yet, but it's going to be super great because I'm collaborating with another podcaster and they are called Deconversion Therapy. Maybe you've heard of them. Uh, so I'll be speaking with Karen and Bonnie, and I, I think you're gonna like it. It's, it's gonna be a fun time. Um, they were kind of one of the first podcasts I listened to when, when I was actively deconstructing. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I just, I loved the candidness, and I liked the fact that there was a lot of shit I could relate to. So, with that being said, 
I am on my second glass of wine because my daughter's hamster died today and we had to bury him in the backyard and it was a whole thing. And it's very, very sad as it is when a pet dies. So, um, yeah, fun, fun stuff. Life is so fun. <laughs> okay, without further ado, Let's get to it. Um, so I've been planning on making this an episode for like a long time now. And like, I just, I never got around to finishing it. Um, but I saw a meme that was basically like, where does hate come from? And it was like mostly religion. And I posted it on my Facebook story and I, it got a rise out of people for sure. Um, and my old pastor messaged me about it because we're still friends on Facebook. It's, it's complicated because I basically grew up with this man and he's been sort of like a, like an uncle to me. So it's kind of one of those weird relationships where it's like, it's hard to let that go. You know, anyway, we won't get into it. But he, he likes to challenge me on stuff uh, when I post, naturally. So um, that being said, he, he disagreed that hate mostly came from religion. And I was like, mm, mm, is it, is it like, isn't it mostly religion? So he was like, well, I, th I think it hate stems from like power and money and all this stuff. And I was like, sure, but like, don't they all intertwine at some point? And like, this episode is basically me just proving it <laughs> being like, um, hello, have you heard of the Crusades? Um, also, there's lots of uh, cases out there, like from the FBI website, that's like talking about people who are either like in a religious group committing crimes or people who were like just stabbed for their religious beliefs, and then there's just people claiming Jesus told me to do it. So, uh, we're gonna talk about that today because I feel like it's relevant in a lot of ways. So, if you don't know what the Crusades are, I vaguely did. I did not know enough to have an educated conversation about it, but then I looked it up and uh, here we are. So I pulled this from, oh, sorry, my cat's trying to get in. Uno momento, por favor. Would you like to come in, join the party? What? Anyway, uh, let's get to it, shall we? Um, so I don't want to bore you, but the crusades are kind of crazy, but, um, basically it starts back in like 1095 in France and the Pope called on Western Christians to take up arms to aid the, I'm going to butcher this, by Zen. Tins, Byzantines, and recapture the Holy Land from Muslim control. And so that's what started the entire crusade. So you can blame it on the Pope. 
for that. Thanks, Pope. Uh, Pope Urban's plea was met with a tremendous response, both among the military elite as well as ordinary citizens. Those who joined the armed pilgrimage wore a cross as a symbol of the church. The Crusades set the stage for several religious knightly military orders, including the Knights Templar, the Teutonic Knights, probably butchered it, and Hospitaliers. These groups defended the Holy Land and protected pilgrims traveling to and from the region. Thus, the First Crusade. Four armies of crusaders were formed from troops of different Western European regions, led by Raymond of St. Gillies, Godfrey of Bouillon, <laughs> butchering all these names, Hugh of Vermandois, and Bohemond of Taranta. Taranto. Uh, these groups departed from Byzantium in August 1096. Can you even believe it? That was like a thousand years ago. Um, Zelda. Oh, she's licking herself. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Um... So a less organized band of knights and commoners known as the People's Crusade set off before the others under the command of a popular preacher known as Peter the Hermit. Um, ignoring Alexius's advice to wait for the rest of Crusaders, Peter's army crossed the Bosporus, nailed it, in early August in the first major clash between the Crusaders and Muslims, and Turkish forces crushed the invading Europeans. So that was the First Crusade. Second Crusade was like 100 years later, like 1147 to 49. And so they achieved their goal in an unexpectedly short period of time after the First Crusade. Many of the Crusaders departed for home, uh, to govern the conquered territory, those who remained established four large western settlements or crusader states in Jerusalem, Edessa, Antioch, and Tripoli. Guarded by the formidable castles, the crusader states retained the upper hand in the region until around 1130, when Muslim forces began gaining ground in their own holy war against the Christians, whom they called Franks. I feel like this needs to be a thing. Like, can we just, instead of being like, I'm a Christian, we could just be like, I'm a Frank. I'm an ex-Frank. I'm a deconstructing Frank. <laughs> I love it. Can we please all do it? Please. Okay. Anyway, we got the Franks. So, <laughs> in 1144... Uh, governor of Mosul captured Edessa, leading the loss of the northmost crusader state. News of Edessa's fall stunned Europe and caused Christian authorities in the West to call for another crusade. I'll have another, thank you. Led by two great rulers, King Louis VII of France and King Conrad III of Germany, the Second Crusade began in 1147. That October, the Turks annihilated Conrad's forces at 
Dory Lamb, I don't know what that word says. The site of a great Christian victory during the First Crusade. Okay, stay with me. We're on to the third and final crusades. Uh, it's important. Now you know. If you didn't know, now you know. If you knew, memory refresher. Okay, so in 1187, Saladin began a major campaign against the crusader kingdom of Jerusalem. His troops virtually destroyed the Christian army at the Battle of Hatim, taking back the important city along with a large amount of territory. Outrage over these defeats inspired the Third Crusade, led by rulers such as the aging empire, emperor, not empire, emperor, Friedrich Barbosa, who was drowned before his entire army reached Syria. Side note. Uh, King Philip II of France and King Richard I of England, known as Richard the Lionheart. Ever heard of him? Uh, in September 1191, Richard's forces defeated those of Saladin in the Battle of Arsuf, which would be the only true battle of the Third Crusade. From the recaptured city of Jaffa, Richard reestablished Christian control over some of the region and approached Jerusalem though he refused to lay siege to the city. In September 1192, Richard and Saladin signed a peace treaty that reestablished the kingdom of Jerusalem, though without the city of Jerusalem, and ended the Third Crusade. Uh, Final Crusades, which was 1208 to 1271, a mere 60 years. Throughout the remainder of Thirteenth century, a variety of crusades aimed not so much to the topple Muslim forces in the Holy Land, but to combat any and all of those seen as enemies of the Christian faith. The I'm gonna butcher this word, Albigensian Crusade, uh, which lasted about twenty years, aimed to root out the heretical. Cathari, a sect of Christianity in France, while the Baltic Crusades sought to subdue pagans in Transylvania. I think they mean vampires. And so-called Children's Crusade took place in 1212 when thousands of young children, ew, vowed to march to Jerusalem. Although it was called the Children's Crusade, most historians don't regard it as an actual crusade. And many experts question whether the group was really comprised of children. The moment the movement never reached the Holy Land. So fail. Uh, in the Fifth Crusade, put in motion by Pope Innocent III before his death in 1216, the Crusaders attacked Egypt from both land and sea, but were forced to surrender to Muslim defenders led by Saladin's nephew, Al Malik Al Kamil, in 1220. So, though the church organized minor crusades with limited goals after 1291, mainly military campaigns aimed at pushing Muslims from conquered territory or conquering pagan regions, support for such efforts diminished in the 16th century with the rise of Reformation and the corresponding decline of palpal authority. 
So there's no question that the years of bloody conflict brought by the Crusades had an impact on the Middle East and Western Europe nations for many years and still influenced political and cultural views, opinions held today, which I thought was very interesting. Um, yeah, so the Crusades, I don't care what people say, it really was all about like a time where Christians weren't actually the martyrs. It seems like it were more of like the victims being like, oh, um, we're going to force you to take our beliefs. And if you don't, we're going to form a crusade and take over your country and make you believe in what we're doing. So I feel like this is kind of a big uh, proof to the fact that religion uh, really does fuel hate to some extent. And those who don't agree with me can fuck right off. But anyway, that's what my pastor was arguing. And I felt like, you know what? I'm going to research this. And I will place where I got this, like, info from um, in the show notes. So... In the spirit of Christian crimes or perpetrators inspired by religious motives, um, I would say that there is some interesting cases. So, um, case study one, there was a racist and anti-Semitic group created in the mid-1970s by Richard Butler, pastor of the Church of Jesus Christ Christian. <laughs> Jesus Christ Christian. Um, in Hayden Lake, Idaho. Its primary goal is to eliminate all minority races and establish an all-powerful dominion of the white race, considered to be God's chosen people. Sound familiar? Um, on the night of July 1st, 1998, three Aryan nations followers attacked Victoria Keegan and her son Jason, both American Indians. As they were driving home late from a wedding, the victims started to hear gunshots coming at them shortly after passing the Aryan nation's compound in northern Idaho. The shots blew out the tiger, tigers, <laughs> tires of Keegan's car and the mother and her son were driven into a ditch. The two were violently assaulted by the Aryan Nation members who tried to remove them from their vehicle and threatened to kill them. Upon being asked if they were American Indians, Victoria had to deny her Indian heritage and lied that they were not, thus saving their lives. So the men retreated when they saw another vehicle approaching and Victoria and her son survived. Case study number two. Established in Topeka, Kansas. It's close to home. Topeka's like an hour from here. Sorry, I'm drinking wine as I speak. Um, it was led by Pastor Fred Phelps. The Westboro Baptist Church is more than a religious faith group. It's an anti-gay activist organization, which outside the parish enjoys the support of a wider gay-hating community. At the core of the church's fundamentals, belief is the notion that homosexuality is sinful, 
that God hates and condemns all gay persons significantly. It's the internet website. The, the website of Westboro Baptist Church is literally www.godhatesfags.com. So like, um, hi, hello, hate group. The hate crimes committed by Westboro Baptist Church mostly consist of harassment and assault, especially during demonstrations, pickets, and riots. One such picket outside the funeral of a slain gay University of Wisconsin student shocked the entire United States and gained worldwide publicity in October of 1998. Matthew Shepard, a 21-year-old gay youth, was lured from a Wyoming bar, tied to a fence, pistol-whipped, severely wounded in the head, and left to die in near freezing temperatures. At his funeral, Shepard's parents were appalled to see picketers from the Westboro Baptist Church shouting hateful anti-gay insults and refusing to let the funeral proceed in a dignified and respectful manner. So, fuck them. Um, case study number three, founded in 1983 by Robert Matthews, The Order, another white supremacist group has been accused of several acts of assault and homicide against Jews and Blacks, among other minorities. One such act was committed in Los Angeles, California, against the North Valley Jewish Community Center on August 10, 1999. Buford Furrow, a self-proclaimed white supremacist and member of the order, stormed into the center and fired more than 70 rounds, injuring three young children, a teenage girl, one adult, simply because they were Jewish. And I will also post this article in the show notes, but um, to the guy, Buford Furrow, it, it was a murderous spree that he called a wake-up to Americans to kill Jews, which, fuck him. Soon after, he headed to San Fernando Valley where he killed Joseph, Ileto, a Filipino-American postal worker whom he shot nine times. Ileto was killed basically because he was thought to be Jewish. From these case studies, one may infer that religious fanaticism is more likely to spawn bigotry and hate crime activity. For Aryan nations, the Westboro Baptist Church and the order of religion is vital. It is the cornerstone upon the entire movement. The far right is based. As noted previously, the, the ideology promoted by the far right is grounded in a distorted view of Christianity that interprets the Bible in racist terms, which I feel like we all can agree on. Uh, it is thus claimed that the Bible is an account of God's special creation and election of the white race, and that all races other than the white are outside the realm of Jesus's redemptive work. Racial extremists assert that the white race is seriously threatened because Jews, together with non-whites and the federal government, are allegedly conspiring to deprive, quote-unquote, Aryans of their birthright. It is also their conviction that the world is on the verge of a final apocalyptic struggle between, quote, good and, quote, evil, in which, quote, Aryans must do battle with the Jewish conspiracy so that the world can be redeemed. They consider these beliefs to be more than an than a celebration of the religious ceremony on Sundays. So that's what they replace that with. On the contrary, they feel themselves duty-bound to go out into the world to change it. 
to that end, they use tactics ranging from oral persuasion to violence. So, yeah, I feel like just in those three cases I mentioned, we can conclude that hate really comes from religion. I mean, have you ever met, like, I know there's, like, racism that doesn't tie to any religion necessarily, but, like, it's definitely a thing. I mean, the prejudice against one person who believes this, that, or the other. I mean, even me not being an evangelical anymore, not being a believer, I feel like I'm definitely, like, judged and looked upon by certain groups as being, like, oh, you don't believe anymore, so therefore you are not one of us, you are against us. Like, all these weird things that people who have been raised in this mindset view me, probably, likely. So, I just thought that was interesting. Um, but wait, there's more. Okay. Uh, victims attacked because of their religious beliefs. Um, case study one on December 24th, 1985, Charles Goldmark, civil rights attorney of Washington, his wife, Annie Goldmark, and his two sons, Colin 10 and Derek 12, were assassinated in their Madrona home in Seattle. I'm not laughing because of that. I'm just like astonished at this anyway okay um the murderer david rice posing as a tax driver delivering a package handcuffed all four and attacked them with a knife rice a former steel worker from colorado joined an extremist group called the duck club which convinced him that charles goldmark was jewish he was quickly apprehended after using goldmark's credit card and finally sentenced to life imprisonment what the fuck um, lots of Jewish related crimes in these case studies, but nevertheless, I feel like they're religious extremist groups, which I feel like kind of evangelicals are becoming with their whole world domination bullshit. Oh, side note, the, uh, Friday night, I, hang on, I went and, uh, visited my mom. I brought wine because you got to drink that shit when you're around your evangelical parents to tolerate. And um, she <laughs> mentioned the vaccines and the mandates and all this other stuff was definitely, definitely the mark of the beast. And I was like, Karen. Yes, my mom's name is Karen. It's very fitting. Um, how many times in history have very similar things happened and the world did not end and the beast did not come and all this other stuff. And she kind of backed off after I said that, but I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't do this, Karen. I can't. I just want to drink wine and talk bullshit. Okay. Anyway, uh, case study number two, Daniel Romano, a Satanist, was assaulted on January 9th, 2000 while walking down the street in New York in a black trench coat and an inverted cross around his neck. 
he was attacked by two teenagers who pulled up beside him, Stratum Young, in a blue sedan and beat him with ice scrapers and a metal pipe. As a result, he suffered a bleeding scalp and bruises on his arms and legs. The two teenagers were determined to harm Daniel Romano because they disagreed with Satanism, which they considered to be a physically violent and sacrificial religion. When asked by the police, the victim denied that his religion was brutal and violent. Regardless of the social image and teachings of his faith, Romano fell victim to a hate crime because he overtly expressed his religious beliefs. Um, yeah, that's not that uncommon, I feel like. And also, I don't, I feel like the whole Satanism thing, and I am, again, not educated enough in this particular topic to talk intelligently about it, but... I feel like in movies it's depicted at this like weird sacrificial like bullshit but then like I also follow like the Church of Satan on Twitter and like they're just anti-religion and like that's it like they're not anything weird and so I feel like it just gets a bad rap from like Hollywood movies and other things I mean I'm not denying that there definitely was some sort of something that sacrificed people whatever but, like, it's fucking 2000, the year 2000. And, like, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, some guy's definitely down in his basement sacrificing people because he believes in Satanism, Satanism and is wearing an inverted cross. I'm sorry. I am on my third glass of wine. And it's been a long day. <laughs> anyway, case study number three. Don't worry, it's gonna get better. I've got a lot of good shit to share with you for these Christian crimes. The case study profiles. I'm gonna butcher it. I'm gonna butcher it. Balbir Sin Sodhi. I'm sorry, I butchered that. A 49 year old turbaned Sikh. Am I saying that right? I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know. Originally from India, who moved to Los Angeles in 1989, where he worked as a taxi driver. He later relocated to San Francisco, where he continued to work in that capacity. He saved enough money to buy a gas station in Mesa, Arizona. Good for him. And then he moved there. Only four days after the terrorist attack of September 11, 2001, Sodi was shot five times by a gunman and died instantly. Upon arrest, the murderer, Frank Silva Roche, declared that he shot Sodi because he erroneously assumed him to be a Muslim. Yeah, that's a problem because he may or may not have been, but just being Muslim doesn't mean you are flying planes into buildings. And uh, that was my last one. For the case studies but I've got some good shit for you guys so basically I mean besides the fact that I posted that and Christians were like no you know that meme that I posted where like hate comes from religion I don't think they realize that their form of hate is them looking at like gay people and being like hate the sin not the sinner and it's like 
you're hating something about their lifestyle which is driving you to act and say the things you're doing which are harmful to that person so like I feel like if Jesus was a real person I mean a lot of his teachings are like Buddha which preach like love and you know acceptance and shit like that and evangelicals are majorly failing in that era so this was taken from this quote that I'm about to tell you was taken from Elizabeth Newman, a former top official at the Department of Homeland Security who resigned from the Trump administration in April 2020. And she says, quote, Christian nationalists see it in cataclysmic terms. This is the moment and God's going to judge us. When you paint it in existential terms like that, a lot of people feel justified to carry out acts of violence in the name of their faith. And as we all know, evangelicalism, Christianity, Western Christianity is all based in this like apocalyptic like outcome. Everything is based on the end times. Like even my mom the other night, the mark of the beast. Oh, we're getting close. All this stuff. Like, she doesn't want to get the shot. She doesn't want to get the booster because, you know, if, quote, God's going to take her, if it's her time to go, then he's going to take her. Which, I mean, I'm a little bit jealous because it would just be nice to have that comfort in death like she does. But, like, she's wrong. And she needs to hop, stop hanging out with people that are telling her this shit. Anyway, um, I really like this quote because I feel the same way. I feel like because it's so like apocalypse centered and, you know, uh, it's an existential crisis and like we got to save people. We got to do this, that or the other. Like people feel justified in their extreme actions because they're like, it's life or death. But it's not. It's actually not life or death. And it's a fucking construct in your head. So that was interesting to me, especially since she was a former top official at the Department of Homeland Security and resigned because of the Trump administration. So you can imagine that some weird shit was probably going on that made her be like, mm, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So I've got about... Let's see, what do I have? Only five? Okay. So I've got about five crimes that were committed um, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Um, these are real. <laughs> Look it up. I'm just kidding. I will also drop a link in in the show notes. Okay, so number one. We have Indiana's mega church leader, Jack Shop, who's 55. He is set to face federal prosecutors this week because of his relationship with a 17-year-old female. The female attended Shop's church and often received personal counseling and reportedly 662 text messages from the pastor. According to Shop. The relationship was the will of God. 
he writes in a letter to the teen, this is exactly what Christ desires. He wants to marry us and become eternal lovers. Shop has been charged with taking a minor across state lines with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity. Wow. Wow. Sounds like a load of bullshit to me. Um, Jack, you need some help. But, but this is my whole thing, too. It's like, you can declare anything in the name of God. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the Netflix movie, um, The Devil All the Time. But there's a pastor in it, and he is absolutely just like this Jack shop. And he basically is like, God wants me, like he gets this teenage girl pregnant because she thinks it's the will of God for him to touch her and all this other weird shit, but he's just using, he's just using her. And I'm just like, how often does this shit go on? It goes on a lot, I'm sure. So anyway, in 2005, Then 25-year-old Isaiah Kalibu broke into a lesbian couple's home and proceeded to torture, rape, and stab them. One of the victims, Teresa Butts, died in front of her home as neighbors tried to save her life. Butts' surviving partner was able to identify her attacker, but Kalibu insisted he was innocent on the grounds that he was only following God's instructions. The Seattle Times reported the attacker saying, I was there and I was told by God, the God of Abraham. Oh, the the same God that asked Abraham to kill his son. Cool, 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 cool. Um, Isaac and Jacob to attack my enemies. And I did so. So like the hate for gays is strong and like, why? Mind your business. Kalibu is obviously crazy because he had to be strapped to a wheelchair in restraints because of his, quote, disruptive behavior. The man once swallowed a pencil. I bet when asked why he's so damn crazy, Kalibu's response was religious-based. Religion-based. Sir. Sir. Chill. Um... These are definitely extreme cases, but if, if, if religious people want to be like, oh no, uh, Christians don't commit crimes. It's like, yeah, they do. Religion is a huge motivator. It's not just Christianity, but what we're talking about today is, is it's Christianity. Most of it. Uh, in another report of God makes people do crazy things, a woman faced with murder charges in 2008 for killing her common law husband, Donna Marie Redding, told authorities her husband used the Lord's name in vain too often. So she shot him. Redding said, Jesus told me to do it and that her husband was, quote, the devil. She shot and killed her husband with a shotgun while her nephew and brother-in-law in vlogged a natural spring outside the couple's home. What does that mean? 
I think I copy pasted. I have no idea what invlogged means. I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google it real quick. Cause like what, what, what does that mean? Invlogged. No, that's not a word. It's not a word. What in vlogged a natural spring? Okay, so I think it means uh, you, it like they somehow were trying to stop it. Like they were outside doing shit to it. That was not a good response, but I could not find a clear answer on Google. Anyway, while her nephew and brother-in-law were doing this outside, without warning, Jesus whispered in Redding's ear, and she ended an innocent man's life. Jesus made me do it. So um, I think she's just crazy. As are most people who hear from the Lord. You're hearing voices? Okay. Maybe we should talk about that. Does that not ever fascinate anyone? Like anytime people are like, the Lord said this to me. I'm like, okay, did you hear an audible voice? Because if so, um, I'm worried, you know? Because I never heard an audible voice Ever in my life and everyone kept saying that I would or I would have this intuition or whatever and it's like yeah I have intuition but I don't have it like in regards to the Lord I have like this gut feeling you know like that's legit but like I don't have someone fucking whispering to me and if if you do maybe you should maybe you should be on medication I mean I don't know so I'm curious to hear if any of you ever heard an audible voice or if you just like, like what you think that means. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. Number four. God did not speak directly to Kimonta Peterson, but the Bible did inspire the mother to perform a home. Oh, this is sad. Oh God. Okay. The Bible did inspire the mother to perform a home circumcision on her three-year-old son. Wow. Excuse me. Peterson was arrested and charged with first-degree criminal mistreatment. She agreed to undergo mental health treatment after she told the authorities the Old Testament and the Bible inspired her to circumcise her son. Peterson reportedly believed her son was too old to receive a professional circumcision, but eventually called 911 after the botched job left her toddler bleeding and in severe pain. What the actual fuck? Doctors fixed her wrongdoing and the toddler made a memorable recovery. Mama hands lost custody of all her children, including the three-year-old, and has been sentenced to five years of probation. Wow. Um... Yeah, don't, don't attempt to perform surgery on your children that you have zero knowledge of. Um, also, I feel like it's interesting how she used the word inspire. 
Also, like, did you just read the Old Testament when your son was three? Like, you just read it? Like, why now? If you were going to do it, why didn't you professionally do it for them as a newborn? Like, why did you just now be, like, a three years old? I feel like I should circumcise my son. Like, that's weird. (laughs) Some people should not have kids. Am I right? So, last but not least cult leader Charles Manson ordered his followers to go on a killing spree in the late 1960s because the Bible and the Beatles told him to. Manson's interpretation of the book of Revelations was that he was the fifth angel whose responsibility was to restore social order. He was to ignite a race war between blacks and whites in his helter-skelter plan, which would result in the death of one-third of the population. The Bible and the Beatles. This was interesting to me because even though I've heard a lot about Charles Manson, I feel like I never actually knew the specifics, like that it was religious-based, like the Bible. Like, I didn't know that. I just thought he was like a weird, murderous cult leader. So I found this one definitely interesting. And I didn't know it was about a race war between blacks and whites. Like, I had heard of the Helter Skelter plan. Um, but, I again, I didn't know it was Bible-related. So, I'm just going to pull all this shit out next time someone is like, religion doesn't inspire hate. And I'm like, hmm, doesn't it, though? Because, like, here, let me just... I did a whole podcast on it. Let's just talk about that. So anyway, um, that's really all I have for you guys today. I just felt like this was important to talk about because, like, this is shit I didn't know. And also, like, Christian crimes. Like, wow. I, I don't know. I mean, I love true crime. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. But, like, putting it in Christian terms was very interesting. And I'm sure there's more. Like, this is just what I found. But I bet there is so much more out there. Of not even just, like, groups, but just, like, random people being, like, I'm going to just blame this on the Bible. You know? And, like, maybe that was that woman's scapegoat. Like, the Bible it but maybe her husband was absolutely innocent and just like to say god damn a lot (laughs) but like how does that happen how do people like get together and like they all of a sudden start using god's name in vain like maybe she got saved later and then just like got delusional or something i don't know i don't know how this shit works but i just thought it was interesting and i wanted to like suck it to the people that were like Religion does not inspire hate. And I'm like, "Mm, maybe you should research some stuff because it definitely does. Also, do you guys want to hear something my mom texted me uh, this morning when I woke up? So it's my wedding anniversary and my husband isn't here because he's on a job. And it's very sad because it's my first wedding anniversary. But she said, Happy anniversary, Rachel. I am so happy for you. Remember Jeremiah 29 verse 11. 
For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for hope in the future and a future. And then dad would say, read the next couple verses after that. My dad's been dead for five years. I don't know why she continues to bring him up. Um, I mean, as far as like religious terms or like political views, I feel like it's a hot spot for her to be like, oh, but dad would say this. And it's like, dad's not here. Um, she says, meditate on that. You are loved. And Jonathan, my husband, is a gift from God. And so is Ava, my daughter. And so is the rest of your family. So embrace love and enjoy your life and those around you. And don't let the enemy steal your joy. What enemy, Karen? What enemy? I thought that was interesting. Not even interesting, but just like, oh my God, we're still doing this. Oh my goodness. It's like only 1030 and I'm like exhausted. Um, guys, Christians commit crimes. <laughs> A lot. I want to send all of my notes to my old pastor slash uncle, but I'm not going to because probably wouldn't get anywhere. Um, also, have you heard of the thing that's happening in Mississippi? Uh, the 15-week abortion ban and them trying to get it in front of the Supreme Court. Like, can we just, can we just stop repeating history and actually evolve as a human race and just, like, focus on things that are a lot more pressing than this pro-birth agenda? As I finish my last glass of wine... I'm going to read you some good shit that I found on Facebook <laughs> because because I can, okay? I can. All right. Here we go. I'm not going to mention any names, but these are people that I was once friends with and I found it on their Facebook page. She begins, quote, Today, I am 16 weeks pregnant. I can't believe it's gone so fast. It has been a journey of faith. Last May, our Lord told Corey and I, it is time to grow our family. And because we've learned to trust his timing, even when it seems crazy or impossible to us, here we are. I'm sorry, your husband just wanted to fuck without a condom. My last pregnancy, I spent six months not sleeping more than one to five hours a night. And let's just say, facing the unknown of this pregnancy can be daunting if I dwell on what could happen. Last month, I passed a six credit hours. And this month, I'm set to finish eight more as I finish up my BSN goal that's been, laid, that's been delayed for 10 years. Good for you, honey. Don't have a baby in the middle of all this. In the midst of that, we conquered with many tears, one month of hybrid, two weeks of quarantine, and two weeks of in-person school for my three elementary children and more challenges that I won't share on Facebook. Which is funny to me because um, this couple was uh, very open about her husband's porn addiction. So... I'm not sure if she's referring to that or if it's something else. Anyway, 
Corey's running his business and taking on another, and I am loving my part-time job as a nurse, detox, and digestive specialist. Our house is messier than it's ever been. Quote, I'm a neat freak. I've forgotten to send birthday cards and missed a bill or two. I'm a hot mess a lot of the time. Ask my kids. But also I'm peaceful because, you know, God's plan. Uh, the Holy Spirit is teaching me to enjoy the journey and not just go for Joel's. Go- wow, I'm drunk. Goals. And also, I realize more than ever what it looks like to be an Israelite led through the desert, encountering obstacle after obstacle that looks impossible to overcome. <laughs> Do you? Do you know what it's like to be an immigrant? Do you know what it's like to be lost in the desert? Really? Is that what you're comparing your pregnancy to? Interesting. I see how tempting it is to think God led me here to fail or, quote, die of thirst. Parentheses. Check out Exodus 15. Let's not. But my father, father with a capital F, doesn't lead me to bitter waters to die of thirst, but rather to ask and act in faith and watch him do the impossible. So here's to all my friends who are facing difficult or impossible circumstances. Here's to all my friends taking on their dreams later in life. Here's to all my friends who have joined in this journey. And here's to who, here's to all those who understand that sometimes faith feels stupid because it is, and that dreams you can accomplish in your own strength probably aren't God's. Yes, yes, probably not, because God does not exist. Oh, anyway, that was rough. That was rough. Real rough. Here's another one. Here is another one for your ear holes. I almost didn't share this story, because... I didn't want to sound like we're bragging or like stir up any jealousy. (laughs) Then I realized the ridiculousness of my reasoning. This miracle isn't just for me. I just, (laughs) I'm going to shout it from the rooftops and I'm just going to tell everyone how quote unquote blessed I am. I added that last part in. Quote, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. Honey, are you claiming to be a fucking prophet? Chill. Chill, Daddy. Every time I testify, quote, or not quote, parentheses, share what I see God doing, unquote, it prophesies. Quote, not quote, God damn it. Uh, parentheses, predicts with assurance, unquote. Unparentheses. God, I don't know what I'm fucking doing. I'm so sorry. That he is still in the business of doing that thing. I love that we say God's in business. Like, it's like his, like, he's like a capitalist that, like, does miracles and, like, makes money off of them. You know? Like, that's what I picture. Um, and if he does something for me, he can do it for you. For, quote, God doesn't show favoritism with people. Acts ten thirty four. My breakthrough encourages faith for your breakthrough. On the flip side, me remaining silent is false modesty and it robs you of the opportunity to celebrate what God can do. Absurd. Is it? 
May you be deeply encouraged as you read this story of tremendous provision. And may God shine as the hero he always is. This past spring, Mark and I were sitting in our new church, minding our own business when a man on stage turned toward us and started declaring a, quote, word over us. Do you guys remember that? When they were like, I've got a word from the Lord. And it says whatever the fuck it says. And you're like, oh my God, yes. A word from the Lord. Praise be. He'd never met us and we had no clue who he was. So you can imagine our surprise as he said, quote, Do you want healing? Do you want to be free from past traumas that still bother you? Sounds like a script if you ask me. Do you want to know that God is good and loves you? And I mean, really know, not just have heard knowledge of it, but heart knowledge. Do you want to grow and cure it? Curage. <laughs> Courage. Identity. Joy. Once I was stuck in depression. Once I was stuck in self-pity. Once I was stuck in anger and bitterness. Once I doubted that God really loved me, parentheses, though I never would have said it. Once I doubted that God would really care for me. Once I doubted that God wanted good things for me. Once I was terrified to obey the Lord. But God, rich in mercy, brought me healing. He is the healer. An enormous part of the journey came through this class. I just finished co-leading it with the amazing lady and other several amazing people. I, caps lock, highly recommend this class. It's intense, it takes time, but it's so worth it. The direction of your life could change forever. Could it? Or maybe you just took a weird hype class that you just are like, oh my God, so crazy. Anyway, that's how I feel like reading tonight because I'm like over it. Um, stay safe out there. These people are crazy. They like think that they are hearing from the divine. And I feel like that's what troubles me the most about it. I'm like, honey, you're hearing voices again? And like the whole thing with this woman being like the Lord told my husband that we were to have another child and I was like honestly I think he just wanted to fuck you without pulling out and that was his excuse um I don't know why he had to do it while you were ovulating but he did but like honestly Christy honey he just wanted to fuck without a condom so like I'm gonna be suspicious if any man ever says that to me because I'm gonna be like mm, I don't think it's God talking I think it's your dick talking sir um stop making it a whole thing to where like oh I hear from the Lord anyway that's all I have for you guys tonight um, thanks for hanging out in there with me. Oh my God. I am so tired. I need to like use words in the way that they are intended to be used. I am failing right now. Um, 
Yeah, I cannot wait to uh, send out this bonus episode later this week. So look out for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna release this tomorrow and get my shit together and try to try to be there for you, fine people. Because I care about you and you guys are great. Yeah. We're all in this together, don't we? Know where to start, cause you, wait, know we're all stars, and we see that. I butchered that. We're all in this together. Be safe out there. Question everything. Nothing is as what it seems. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go. Um, I love you guys. I hope you have a great night, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Well, please find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cheers to Leaving. Um, Please send me any messages of any topics you guys would like to hear um, or people to have on. I would love to hear your feedback and just know that you're out there. Um, Please subscribe and rate us or rate me on iTunes um, so I can start, you know, getting maybe a little more popular but I appreciate you know the few who listen to me and I'm here for you and I love you and we'll see you next time <laughs>